If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 589. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. Like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours. Truly, support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. That's mcclanahanacademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll, and get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. I will have a new course coming out in March. You're going to want to be looking for that, so stay tuned. Also... You can support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can click on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. You can purchase my books wherever books are sold online. Just do a search for me. Of course, you're also going to want that Jeffersonian tradition and Southern Scribblings, my latest two books. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That's a great way to support the show. Let people know you're thinking locally, acting locally. Let people know that you like the theme of the show and also share it around on social media that you listen to the show and that you're a fan. All those ways help support the show. And of course, also send me those show requests because I do read them. I may not respond. I do read them and I like to hear what you want to hear on the show. So we're going to start this week with an interesting article in The Hill, and in about a week or so, um, we've got, well, actually in just a couple of days, right, it's coming up, and I'm going to do a podcast on it. We've got Joe Biden's State of the Union Address. March 1st is when it's happening, so uh, actually it will be Wednesday I'm going to do a, a, a podcast on that, the day after. So we've got Joe Biden's State of the Union Address, and it's going to be awful. I'm going to tell you, it's going to be awful. So, But before that, we've got some interesting cracks forming now in the left. They're starting to see that their policies, this two-year-long lockdown, and we has just failed them. And it's actually going to crush them, I think, in the 2022 election. I think that there's almost no way around this. Now... <clears throat> The only thing that they could hope for was that the economy comes back in a way that people forget about all these things and also that inflation is somehow curbed, which isn't going to happen. But I don't think people are going to forgive those in power for a very long time for everything that's happened in the last two years. Not that the Republican Party is going to be much better. They were better on mandates and other things, as we've seen in states around the United States that have had uh, Republican leadership. Those states were never locked down like the blue states. Even in the blue states, though, people are getting tired of these things. They don't want it anymore. Though we have seen uh, places in blue states where they've lifted mask mandates. You've got students out rallying, you know, bring back the mask mandate and all this, or reinstate the mask mandate. It's just, I mean, it's just silly stuff. But certainly, Democrats are starting to understand that everything they've done in the name of, quote-unquote, science, which we know uh, was not always backed by science. It was more about policy and making people feel better. And I think that's something important. It was to show, right? There was, there was theater here. So everything they've done for the last couple of years 
is going to come back to haunt them politically. And a piece in the Hill, of all places, is showing this. I'm also going to talk about a New York Times piece uh, on Joe Biden and what David Axelrod thinks Joe Biden should do. That'll be tomorrow. So, But first, I want to focus on this Hill piece because it's really funny to me. This is by Julia Manchester, and the title is COVID-19 Rules Boomerang on Democrats. So everyone in America is recognizing who is at the heart of these COVID-19 rules, right? So the Trump administration is in office when all of this begins. Fauci, of course, has a lot of power there. And uh, the fact is, you know, Trump really... But Trump didn't do everything that the Democrats wanted, or even that Fauci wanted, and he kind of left things up to the states. And this is exactly what Joe Biden has come out and said he can't. He, it's the only thing he can do. Joe Biden can do. Now, of course, there were more efforts in the Biden administration in the last year or so to try to get the mandates and the general government on board and, and forcing people to do things. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with that podcast episode on Texas and how these states, uh, I'm sorry, these cities in the state of Texas are refusing COVID money because then they can refuse the strings attached to it. If you don't want to be a puppet, don't take the money, right? Don't take the strings. But the fact is we've got the rules now that they've set up, the Democrats have established, which we all know they've hypocritically avoided. I mean, pictures are everywhere. This is what the great thing about the internet. It shows how hypocritical all these losers are on the Democrat Party. I mean, these people are worthless. And I think that, I mean, we're seeing mass retirements from the Democrats. They know the writing's on the wall. The bloodletting's going to begin in 2022, and I'm not so certain they can recover for 2024. Joe Biden, prediction, will either not run again in 2024 or he's going to be defeated unless something dramatic changes. But I'm saying that here in 2022, in February of 2022, and I might have to eat my words, but I, I don't think Biden wins in 2024 and or he doesn't even win the nomination. I think you could see somebody else coming back into the, to the race. I don't think it's going to be Hillary Clinton because I think the Democrats will do everything they can to keep her out of the way. They're going to want somebody else like Kamala Harris, who is awful. I'm not so certain she's going to get it, but they're going to look for some progressive to be the nominee, someone that's going to take the party further left. That's what they're going to want to do. But regardless, this piece by Julia Manchester is hilarious. Coronavirus policies are beginning to boomerang on Democrats as polls underscore public fatigue with both the pandemic and the rules and mandates intended to keep it from spreading. Intended to keep it from spreading. Now, remember, the whole point of all these things was just to keep hospitalizations low. That was never to keep it from spreading. Back in, if you go back, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when, back in March of 2020, it was all about, well, we got we to gotta make sure that we just keep hospitalizations low. People are going to get it, but we got to make sure that we just don't overrun hospitals. But now the whole point is to keep it from spreading, right? So we went from uh, keeping hospitalizations low because it's going to happen. It's a nasty virus. And it, it always has been. I think people that say that, you know, minimize the, the nature of the virus, which can be pretty awful. I mean, people that get it, a lot of people are very, very sick and people have died. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from this virus. So it's not like it's a, a walk in the park for, for anybody. This is tough. But the fact is, it was always about trying to keep hospitalizations low. Don't overrun the hospitals. People are going to get it. And then we're going to just deal with that part of it. But then it was, we got to have zero transmissions. I mean, we're getting, it's never going to happen. Once the virus is there, it's there. 
Democrats have been generally unified in backing vaccinations and the use of masks and mask mandates by local communities to stop the spread. But the party's voters are becoming more divided on the, con- on the continued aggressive use of such restrictions, and frustration is mounting. So this is funny, right? The Democrats themselves are starting to say, well, wait a second here. I don't know if this stuff is really working anymore. Uh, we even have the, the uh, Department of Health uh, secretary saying, well, uh, the, the science has changed. The science, the policies have made the science change. So again, admitting it never really was about science. It was always about power and policies. What government is always about is power. In San Francisco on Tuesday, the three school board members were recalled in a special recall election. The recall wasn't entirely related to COVID-19, but voters in the liberal enclave were partly upset that board members had focused on renaming schools instead of reopening them swiftly and safely. This is, again, an opportunity here. Hey, nobody's around. So let's rename the school. Let's get into all this wokeism, this nonsense that we've been infected with. And forget about getting kids back in school and doing what we need to do. No, no, we're going to worry about the name on the building. This is how stupid these people are. I mean, they really are stupid. And the San Francisco, right, which used to be a working class, you know, kind of blue collar place, which isn't anymore. It's Nancy Pelosi's district. But even in San Francisco, people said, wait a second, this is stupid. What are you doing? Well, you're, you're out. Get rid of these knuckleheads that were, they're so woke, they can't even see the problem in front of them, which is we need to get the schools back open again. A number of Democratic governors have taken note of the frustrations, moving to lift their mask mandates, even as the Biden administration has signaled it would strict, stick to stricter guidance from the Centers for Disease Control, Disease Control and Prevention. So some Democrats are, I mean, they're putting their political finger in the wind. They're saying, you know what, if we don't lift these, lift these mandates, we're not, even, we're not, we're not just going to lose. It might be like a unanimous House against us, a legislature against us. It might be that. Now, of course, that's a, fa- that's a, that's a stretch. You know, That's never going to happen. But it could be to a point where there's super majorities for the Republicans in many of these states, and the Democrats are doomed at that point. Right? They're starting to figure out we are on the losing side of this, and it's always about that. It's always been about that. For a long time, it was thought the winning side would be, let's pe- keep people safe, let's do these things, people are going to deal with it, and then when, when things start turning around, we'll start lifting this stuff. Well, people, of course, in Florida and other places that really haven't had any of these mandates, I mean, they've been living life fairly normally for the last couple of years. And Democrats know it, which is why they vacation in those states, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Go down there and live normally, and then go back to New York and put on your mask again for theater. But, I mean, this is just a bunch of nonsense, and people are starting to see it. Still, the party's generally strict stance on coronavirus safety measures could end up backfiring as Democrats find themselves on defense going into the midterm elections. Republicans are already using the issue to go on the offense against Democrats, calling it hypocritical. The science never changed. The science didn't matter, said Joanna Rodriguez, Deputy Communications Director at the Republican Governors Association. The science was an excuse they used in order to control people's lives and rule people in a way that they felt was appropriate while they, placed, while they played by their own rules. Again, now where does this go back to? And I've talked about this, kind of give it a historical example. This is the Puritan part of this. The Puritans always had... A, stru- a, a tiered structure to their culture. Everyone had to follow the rules except for the leaders of society because they were so good they could be excused from following the rules. They didn't have to follow the rules. Now, they're just pious enough they don't have to. Now, 
I mean, you could even say that other religious organizations have done some of these things too. And so this, of course, is very hypocritical. In Virginia, where you had hegemonic liberty, yes, the, the men at the top were seen to have a tremendous amount of liberty, but they also ensured that that liberty filtered down. So that hegemonic liberty, that idea of the cavalier style of liberty, is very important. That is the liberty that we need in America. If the top can do it, then everyone else can do it too. Not just because you're wiser or better that you get to do things that nobody else gets to do. That's, the, that's kind of the Puritan stance to it. The Quakers thought everyone was basically equal. and We would have a, a, a reciprocal liberty. If I demand a liberty, I give it back to you. It's very similar to hegemonic liberty in that way, uh, but much more liberty-oriented, I think, than any of the others. Of course, the Celts, they just did whatever they wanted, and the backcountry people. So the only group that was that had a sense of liberty, this communal liberty, freedom from fear, this is all goes back to that. This is what the Democrats are based on, this puritanical freedom from fear, freedom from want. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself, right? So it's freedom from fear, and they're afraid. So they're going to you know, go out and wear five masks and do everything they're going to do and get 25 shots and all this kind of stuff when, I mean, this is what they're doing, right? This It's a disease. It's a mental disorder that these people have that um, they have to be uncomfortable in life in some way. And they can't stand it. So they're going to let government try to ensure that no one around them makes them feel uncomfortable. That's the whole point. It's wokeism. It's political correctness. It's every ism you can think of on the left. This is what it comes down to. They don't want to feel uncomfortable from other people around them. And so they're going to use force to ensure that they're safe. Okay, this is what it is. Republicans point to examples of Democrats appearing maskless in public settings as sign of what they say is their hypocrisy on the issue. Gov California Governor Gavin Newsom and Los Angeles Mayor Eric R. Garcetti along with most fans, appeared maskless in photos at the Super Bowl on Sunday, despite Los Angeles County's mask mandate for large outdoor events. I mean, again, so there's panning around the crowd. Here's all these people without masks on. And there's a mask mandate in L.A., and people just aren't even doing it. It's the most beautiful form of mass resistance we've seen in a long time. Mask mandate? Yeah, whatever. Throw it away. I talked about this on this podcast, how so I think Americans just aren't interested in this kind of heavy-handedness, even those on the left. I mean, for years, the left was seen as the party of, of uh, you know, defiance. We're not, I mean, the man is not going to tell me what to do, but now the Democrats, of course, are the party of power, and they're the party of puritanical liberty. Uh, and it's the, it's the type of liberty that, again, involves the freedom from fear. Meanwhile, Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate state... Wait, I thought she was the governor. This should read... That's incorrect. She should read, Meanwhile, Georgia governor Stacey Abrams became the subject of GOP backlash when she appeared maskless in a photo with masked schoolchildren. Abrams later apologized. Not really. Her apology wasn't a real apology. Her apology was an attack. She didn't really apologize for this. This is what... This, this piece is ridiculous. She didn't come out and say, You know, that was I uh, was silly for that. Um, I shouldn't have done that. It was, look at the Republicans trying to dread stuff up, and well, maybe I should have followed the rules, or maybe done this, but you have to take this out of context. All this is out of context. It wasn't really an apology. It was a justification. It was a justification with a sort of apology in there. 
That's the thing. These people don't apologize for anything. They don't think they have to. No one on the left thinks they have to apologize for anything at any time because they're on the left. They get a pass. The only people that ever apologize and bend over backwards and uh, are, are, the re- are the people on the right, the Republicans. They apologize profusely for things they should never apologize for. People would respect you more if you didn't. Don't apologize. It's what you think. People are realizing that at the end of the day, they are tired of having leaders who aren't going to live by the rules that they're forcing on everyone else, Rodriguez said. Democrats argue that the decisions being made by their leaders on the coronavirus vary from state to state and are influenced by the science learned from the latest stage of the pandemic. Democratic governors have led the way in combating the pandemic and the results show it. No, they don't. I mean, this is funny because if you actually go out there and look at the data and you can't tell the difference between a Democrat state and a Republican state. The data is clear. You can't tell the difference. So the only thing that's happened is we've created an environment where people are free from fear. They're, they're not afraid. And I mean, they, they will accost you over this, right? I, I think I told it on this podcast. I was in a store and I had, uh, this was early on in the pandemic, quote unquote, and I had had a mask on and I pulled it down to try to get my phone to recognize my face. And I had it down for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And some old lady walks behind me and says, sir, can you put your mask up? I was like, look, I just need to get on my, I'm just trying to figure something out here. She starts just berating me. It was, it was mental illness on display. Instead of basing any decision on politics, the recommendations use the best science available to implement evidence-based policies that will work best in their states and for their constituents. Well, this isn't true. Instead of basing any decision on politics, we know that's not true. They know that for them, their core wanted all the mandates and everything else, not something, not, not the opposite. They looked at the opposite as being part of the other side, and they've been open about it on social media. Now, if you would like to do these things, there's always that, that, that choice, right? You have a choice to get a vaccination. You have a choice to wear a mask. You have a choice to do it. You have a choice to stay home. You have a choice to do all of these things. That's always been the issue. You have a choice. You have a choice to do these things. And if you choose to do them or you choose not to do them, that's your choice. That's actual liberty. If the mayor and the governor and LeBron James and whoever else was at the Super Bowl can run around without masks on and not be berated for it or anything else, why can't anyone else? Why? I mean, I went to a a, a venue uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we walked into a place, and uh, the we walked in. I didn't have a mask on, and a lady behind there starts berating us for not wearing a mask. So we go out, get a mask, come back in. Well, went, went back out, came back because one of my kids wanted to see something in there again, and a whole group of people walk without masks. She doesn't say a word to him. Why? Well, because she just didn't. I don't know, but berated us, but not them. So it's selective in this. Right? So this is Christina Amstoy, a senior advisor with the Democratic Governors Association. While the execution may vary state to state, there is no ambiguity about the overarching goals. Get the economy growing and keep people safe. Amstoy and Democrats have also hit Republicans over dangerous anti-vax rhetoric, or what they say is the denial that the pandemic is still ongoing. The contrast in leadership and lack thereof cannot be starker, she said. But Democratic leaders are also facing pushback from members of their own party on the issue of rolling back mask mandates. 
The moves to lift mask mandates are in stark contrast with the Biden administration, which is sticking to guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. However, at the end of the last year, while the Omicron variant was surging in communities across the U.S., President Biden said the surge needed to be solved at the state level. Again, so he's just basically saying, all right, well, Trump was right about this. And the, the, we can, the Democrats at the state level have to deal with this. I can't do anything about it. Washington, D.C. lifted its vaccine mandate this week and is set to lift its mask mandate next month, leading to one Democratic D.C. council member to propose legislation that would reinstate the city's vaccine mandate. Now think about that. This is being written in February next month. It will expire next month. I don't know. Is it March 1st? I don't know the date. But that would be pretty coincidental that on the day Biden gives the State of the Union, there's no more mask mandate in Washington, D.C. Look, we've won, right? That's what he's going to do. We've won. No more mask mandate here in Washington, D.C. And Democratic voters do not appear to be warming to the idea of lifting mandates. A Politico morning consult survey released on Wednesday found that 65% of Democrats think it's too early for states to rescind mask mandates. Now think about that. These are mostly blue states, and they're saying we don't want to do it. Uh, but I, I'm not I'm not so certain. 35% say they will, and that 35% will bolt the party. And they'll vote for somebody else, particularly in local elections. I mean, they'll bolt the party in local elections and vote for somebody else that isn't going to do these things. Democratic strategists and operatives maintain that its voters and leaders are not divided on COVID-19 strategy, but say the pandemic has entered a new stage. Well, of course it has, because this is convenient for their votes. We're at a different stage because of the result of good policymaking decisions backed by scientists, by Biden, and by Democratic governors, said one Democratic strategist. Strategists argue that it's too early to tell how the rollback of restrictions will impact the midterms, but acknowledge the party is on the defense going into November. We're struggling right now because I think a lot of people see us as out of touch on inflation, they see us as out of touch on crime, and we just simply can't afford to be viewed as out of touch on COVID, said Tyler Law a Democratic strategist and former national press secretary for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Well, actually, Tyler Law is 100% right. They are out of touch on inflation. They are out of touch on crime. And they are out of touch on COVID. They're out of touch on all those things. Biden has no response to inflation. The only thing that has to happen there is they have to jack interest rates up. And that's going to crush the housing market, which is going to crush the economy. But if you want to stop inflation, that's what you got to do. It's what happened in the 1970s when... Uh, Jimmy Carter put Paul Volcker in charge of the Federal Reserve. We had interest rates in the 20% range. You, I mean, you couldn't get a house for anything lower than 15 or 16%. 15 or 16% in interest. It would destroy the housing market. It would absolutely annihilate it because people couldn't afford these houses. And so that's what Joe Biden's weighing. Now, Jimmy Carter did it. Because Jimmy Carter understood that inflation had to be controlled. Eventually, you have to do it. So this is going to happen. Interest rates are going to go back up. They're going to get higher. I think that you could see interest rates 7, 8, 9%, 10% at some point to try to rein in some of, this, some of this inflation. Of course, the Democrat response to all this is raise spending and raise taxes. But inflation is already a tax. I mean, this is, this is where all this stuff is very silly. A Monmouth University poll released last month found that 70% of respondents said they agreed with this sentiment. It's time we accept that COVID is here to stay. We just need to get on with our lives, including 89% of Republicans, 71% of independents, and 47% of Democrats. Now see what that see what that says right there. That poll, this Monmouth poll. 89% of Republicans, 
71% of independents. And independents are the largest block in the United States. So only, what, 29%? If you add in the 11, we're at 40% of those groups together. 11% of Republicans, 29% of independents. And there's even 53 uh, I'm sorry, 47% of Democrats say that they want to do this. So look at where this is. The vast majority of Americans are in favor of, 70% are in favor of getting on. Just saying, all right, look, it's here. We just got to deal with it. Let's go on with it. Democrats say the partisanship on the issue is unsurprising, but one of the parties should be cognizant of the views of voters in the middle. What we are seeing is the folks in the middle, who themselves are extremely likely to be vaccinated and boosted. They're starting to lose patience with the slow speed at which we return to normalcy, Law said. And so we can't afford politically to lose those votes in the middle. So it's really never about science. It's always about the votes in the middle. I mean, these people are active politically. These are people that, you know, might, they're, they're okay with these things. They're not hardcore Republicans or hardcore Democrats. They've done what they're supposed to do. They've followed all the rules. And they're saying, look, now we just got to learn to deal with it. Okay, we're done with all this. That's the interesting part of all this. So it's clear now. The Democrats are saying it. It's not really about science. It's about power and votes. And we better start waking up to the fact that we're not going to have power or enough votes if we don't start doing things that are more in line with what the vast majority of Americans want, which is less heavy-handed government. They also want lower inflation, better, uh, better response on crime, and these are things that are important. Now, we're also dealing with this foreign policy crisis. I have no idea what's going to happen with that if something really goes down in Europe that's going to force uh, a nasty conflict, which I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Uh, that would be a disaster. But anyways, there's also that too. And the Democrats, this is something years ago, I had a student. He was a, a guy, a retired sergeant in the military. He said, you know, uh, wars are almost always started by Democrats. There's very few exceptions that you would mean. Look at your major wars of the 20th century. You've got World War I, Democrat. World War II, Democrat. Korean War, Democrat. Vietnam War, Democrat, essentially. I mean, you can say, well, Eisenhower was getting us involved in Vietnam right near, uh, you know, at, during his administration. This is true. We had advisors there. But the escalation was a Democrat. Now, the only exception to this, of course, is the uh, the Gulf War and the uh, the war in Afghanistan where you had the Bushes in office. But they're progressives. So it's not like they're some type of conservative. So when you look at wars and you've got a progressive in office right now, that's what you've, I mean, this is where you're going with this. So hopefully things will calm down and we won't have any problems, but who knows? Regardless, I thought this piece was interesting. I wanted to talk about it. It's setting the stage for a really interesting 2022 and of course a really interesting State of the Union address for Joe Biden, which I'll be getting into. So I'll see you tomorrow for the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.